everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited here to have a very special Heartland interview. We are talking with Michelle Morgan today, who plays Lou on Heartland. And Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rachel. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's so fun. We just finished up this week our coverage of uh, season eight. Uh, we've been we've been going and covering the back episodes. And uh, we really enjoyed season seven and season eight, I think are our favorites of what we've covered so far. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a lot so, of seasons to choose from. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're still, we still got a lot of coverage to catch up on. We're going to take a break for the holidays, but then we'll be back up and running uh, in, uh, in January covering season nine. Uh, okay. so, uh, well, we like to ask our uh, guests, uh, on the podcast is, Tell us a little bit about how you got inspired to become an actor. How'd you get into, into yeah. the field? Um, because I didn't make it onto the volleyball team. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I got into it kind of a little bit in elementary school, just doing school plays. You know, I always, I'm a big proponent of um, public schools, keeping the arts because it's the first thing to go in public schools, at least in Canada. And uh and the arts are so important because you never know, like some, some kids are not necessarily sports kids. Some kids are going to become writers or visual artists or, or in the um, film or theater industry. And we were doing school plays and I was able to get a small part and I really loved it. Like something just clicked. And um, I got a big laugh out of the audience playing Potiphar's wife in Joseph and the Amazing. Oh, that's a fun one. And I got a big laugh out of the audience and every night people were congratulating me. And I was like, wow, I don't even think I had any lines. I think I just Mm -hmm. came out and like threw a boa over my shoulder, but people thought I did it really well. And I just Mm -hmm. was like, oh, this is so fun. So I kept doing theater in school and loved that. And then I eventually did um, theater sports, like improv. And I was like, this is just like my thing, you know, because everything else in life I found hard. I found school really difficult. I got decent grades, but I had to work really hard for them. Um, but with theater, I was like, oh, I, I can do this. This is like, it's just, it's, it was natural to me. So I went to theater school. I went to, I studied theater at the university of Toronto and, uh, and then I just start like crazy for an agent. I remember sending out, I remember getting out of theater school and making 20 packages with like a headshot and my resume, which had nothing on it. It had like all my school plays on it and uh, writing a letter to each agency. I'd like sent them to like 20. Um, and I remember one guy calling me back from a theater company because I sent them to theater companies. And he was like, so you want to be an actor? No, 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 don't, don't be an actor. He was basically like, what a terrible idea. And I was like, oh no. And then I think like one agent called me back and that's, I'm still with her. Um, she was my first agent in Toronto, Penny Noble, still with her. But it was like one out of 20 that called me back and wow yeah so how did you hear about the role of Lou in Harland did you just do an audition or did they approach your agent or how did that work yeah I mean it's funny because people are always like how did you hear about it and how did this happen and the truth is is that acting is a job it's a profession and most of what we do is audition, like um, 90% of what we do is audition. And we try and try and try to get these parts and, uh, and we don't get most of them. But, you know, it wasn't like some magical thing. I think that week I had like four auditions. I remember going to my acting coach with my stack of auditions and we worked on them and Heartland was one of them. And 
it did feel special when I was putting it on tape. I remember feeling like a really strong connection because some auditions you're like, okay, whatever. But I remember this one feeling really special and feeling like I need to get this right because I think I really get this character or I know I get this character and I just need to get this right. And I remember working extra hard on it, but it wasn't some like magical thing. It was like, I had been working and slogging and waitressing and auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and acting classes and working, working. And it was like, I happened to be in the right place at the right time, but I've been working towards it for a long time, you know, four years of theater school, acting yeah. classes. And then that audition came. So, cause I, I don't like the idea that people think that one day I was walking down the street and someone was like, you should play Lou. Like it was like after a lot of work, you know what I mean? Sure. And for everyone in the cast, it's like, especially Sean, who plays Jack, he had a long career as an actor working really hard before that role came along. Mm. As I say, every overnight sensation is 10 years in the making. Oh, totally. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just a lot of work, but uh, I do, I, I, I actually posted it on Instagram. I think I remember going through a box of my old stuff and finding an old like uh, calendar. What's it called? An agenda, you Rock know, planner, yeah. Journal, like a diet. What's it called? like is like my schedule yeah and uh and just like randomly there I opened it up and it said heartland audition and it was and it was just like written one day and I was like posted it online I'm like good thing I didn't miss that one (laughs) good thing I showed up yeah so did you grow up around horses or uh no I grew up around them to an extent um my family's South American and uh, they're from Chile and everybody, a lot of people in Chile, uh, it's a very like, there's a lot of Western culture there. So we'd go there as a kid and, and ride horses in the country. And I did grow up in Calgary till I was about nine. Um, so we'd go for trail rides. It would be like a, a thing some kids would do for their birthday parties and things like that. But it wasn't like I had a horse or, or did riding lessons. So I was, I was pretty much a newbie when it came to like actually riding mm-hmm. when I started on the show. Yeah. So you played Lou for so long. Do you ever have dreams where you're Lou? <laughs> Not that I can think of. Um, I mean, I've certainly had heartland dreams and I've had dreams like that took place probably in the house or on the set or in that environment. And certainly with those people, but, uh, I don't think I've ever had a dream where I was Lou. No. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think makes for a great episode of Heartland? Okay. Well, and I'm going to base this off of, uh, selfishly off of an episode I directed this season, season 15. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of the best episodes. Um, all of the stories, you know, cause there's a, there's a stories, B stories, C stories. All of the stories were connected thematically and all of the stories did kind of did come together um rather than the stories being like disjointed and completely separate and and Mm -hmm. and having nothing to do with each other so I like it when they all come together and what makes for a good Heartland episode is the same thing that makes for any good tv is when the writing is really good and it flows the characters are really speaking in their voices um the story just makes a lot of sense. There's nothing that's like, what? That story is a little, you know, like the story makes a lot of sense. So season 15, episode um, seven is called Bluebird. When that comes out, that's the best episodes. Yeah. And I mean, of course it has to have a really strong horror story, really beautiful imagery, like really beautiful Rocky mountains. It has to have like that Amy horse connection and that family connection. 
So how did you get started uh, directing? Isn't that some, is that something you want to do more of? It is something I want to do more of. Um, I started by shadowing directors on our show um, first, just like casually. And then slowly, like I actually like took on full shadow positions, which meant like you follow them through prep and through um, all of, you know, through all of production. And then I made a couple of my own short films. I directed um, the series Hudson, which is a digital series that they did um, based on Heartland. I directed three of those and uh, yeah. And then I just, you know, made sure the producers knew this was something I wanted to do. And, and eventually after years and years of trying, they gave me an episode. And then this past year, they gave me two. That's great. That's mm-hmm. really awesome. Uh, so you and Amber obviously have to play sisters. Was that something that uh, was just natural in uh, an easy, uh, easy chemistry or something no. you had to kind of work with? Not at first. Um, at first it wasn't, we had a really weird meeting the first time. Like I flew in on a red eye and I was exhausted. And like, I just kind of bumped into her in the hallway of the hotel and it was a bit abrupt and I didn't know that she was Amy and she had met the other actress who was going to play Lou if I didn't show up because I had to fly in on a red eye in a snowstorm and they weren't sure if I'd make it. So it was just a weird, like yeah. everything was just weird. And so for, at first it definitely wasn't like best friends or anything. We, we were just kind of like, what is this getting to know everything? But over the years, we've developed a really loving like I, I do think of her like a sister and I, mm-hmm. you know, we're really open with each other. We tell each other things that we don't tell other people. We ask each other's opinion. We like really respect each other a lot. And, and it does feel like really sisterly. And it's like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of love for her. That's we can tell that I think in the performances, you know, sometimes you just have that. It feels like a family, I think at Heartland. Yeah. And we feel like a family too. And in, in the best ways. And then also sometimes it's a bit dysfunctional. Sometimes we spend too much time together and it's like (laughs) grumpy with each other. And it's, it is like a family. Mm -hmm. One question I had in the very beginning, why did the writers move away from the Scott and Lou relationship? Was it because he was, you know, that's above my pay grade. Um, (laughs) you don't get to like, I think people sometimes think that we have a say in what happens in our stories and we so don't like we can pitch ideas and we certainly Mm -hmm. do, especially like after, you know, we'd been on the show a few years and we knew our characters so well, we would certainly go in and pitch ideas, but I really liked um, playing opposite Nathaniel Arcon. He still comes on the show every once in a while. He's still like Mm -hmm. a family friend on the show, Um, but I loved playing opposite him and I don't, I don't really quite yeah, know. Yeah, we were bummed. <laughs> that was a decision yeah. from above. <laughs> Interesting. In the author of Miracles and Menorahs and History of Us comes a story about the changing nature of love and what it really feels like to be home for the holidays. Love and Lockcase is the third book in Stacey Agdern's Friendship and Festival series. Available on October 12th from Tool Publishing and wherever books are sold. For more information about Stacy, visit her at her website, stacyagdern.com. That's stacyagdern.com. Uh, were you uh, surprised when the show became so popular internationally uh, after launching on Netflix? Yeah, I, um, for sure. Because I get fan mail and, and, and social media messages from around the world. Um, I have... Uh, you know, the, a, a person sort of started forming a fan club for me from Tasmania. Oh, really? Tons of followers from Brazil, uh, the UK, 
um, South America, just it's, it's a big show. Like I, I, before COVID I was on vacation with my family in Mexico and Mexicans were walking up to me on the beach being like, Hey, you're Lou from Heartland. Like it's obviously it's um, it's really struck a chord. And, but now I, I can see why. And especially when I'm directing it, it's like, they obviously they love a lot of aspects of the show, but I think one of the things they love the most is just how beautiful the Canadian Rockies are. Mm-hmm. Like our setting is, is so unique. It's really unique in Canada and in the world where we film our show is, is one of the most beautiful places in the world. But also of course, like we have the most beautiful horses, our, our, our equestrian stories are really authentic and we really pride ourselves in the authenticity of our equestrian stories. And, and of course yeah. they like the story too. I'm always amazed by the, I guess for lack of a better, the performances they get out of the horses, how yeah. they can without obviously like they had sometimes have to show trauma without actually traumatizing them. And I'm like, how do they yeah. do that? It's amazing. I think that's the hardest part is when it's supposed to look like a horse, um, hurts itself or there's an accident that's mm-hmm. that's tricky yeah yeah uh so in seasons seven and eight you have you and uh and gabriel uh hogan uh, as peter and lou have mm-hmm. a lot of conflict that you are dealing with on the show and so i was what is it like as an actor kind of preparing for those kinds of scenes Um, it's hard. And actually those seasons, I think that they really paid off in the sense that the stories are really strong, but it was challenging. And and I remember after work, just feeling really drained and sometimes taking part of that pain home with me because we were going through a separation. And the truth is, is that Gabe and I, at that point had been married on TV longer than we'd been married in our real lives. And um, you know, we're, we're friends and we both obviously have our own families and our own spouses, but our on-screen relationship was really strong and it, and it was painful for us to have to go through that separation. Mm. Yeah. And it must, I would imagine that would be tough uh, to kind of get emotionally sort of ready and then, and then take it down once you're yeah. finished shooting. I had to sort of learn ways of, of like leaving it at work and kind of like letting go of that energy. But I, I definitely didn't master that. And I, I remember that season taking a lot of that home with me and it was, it was a hard season in that, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you and Lisa in season eight have also have some conflict. I mean, she's obviously like the godmother to Katie. So you have a closeness, but you, you, mm-hmm. you both want to help, you know, Amy plan the wedding and you both kind of want to be involved. Um, and, and so what is, what is that like kind of shooting those, those scenes with her? It's, it's tricky too, Mm -hmm. but like, um, I think it's funny because Lisa and Lou, the two L's, uh, they are two really strong women. They're both very successful. They're both really driven. And so it's smart that they play that those two women butt heads in the family because it makes sense. Of course, we always make up and we are close and we love and need each other. And, and, and it comes back to that, but it just makes sense that Lou and Lisa would butt heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Lisa is played by Jessica Steen, who is a close friend in real life. And mm-hmm. she is nothing like her character. <laughs> She's like the sweetest, um, really kind, really good friend, really fun, really silly uh, not proper. And, and she's not likely said at all. She's, she's quite unique. Mm-hmm. So is it surreal for you to have played this character for, you know, for 15 years? What's that like? 
it was surreal at a certain point. And now it's just all that I've known for so long that I'm, I'm used to it, but it, mm-hmm. it was surreal. And it's, it's been interesting, like my kids being raised in it. Cause they, they were both born and, you know, now they're fully formed humans or eight and 10, but they've grown up with a mom playing a part on TV and people walking up to them on the street and recognizing their mom. And, and it's been interesting watching them like realize like, oh, like my mom's on TV and that's unique. Like not all my friends' moms are on TV. And you know, what does that mean? It's been interesting to watch them sort of like grow into that realization. Do they like to watch the show? They do. They do. But now because of COVID, I have to be honest, I haven't been able to bring them to work in a couple of years and they loved coming. That was part of what they loved is coming Mm -hmm. and seeing it and being part of it a little bit. But now when I go, I just like leave them in Vancouver and I go. And so they kind of just think of the show as the thing that takes me away from them now. (laughs) So they're sort of, they're not as excited that I'm on Heartland these days, but hopefully things will go back to normal. When did you guys get to start shooting again after the COVID break? Pretty quick. Um, The film industry galvanized and, uh, uh, you know, just sorted out the issues of insurance and COVID safety because it's a huge industry and, and luckily they could afford to, right? So um, both in the United States and in Canada, in the UK, everywhere, the film industry was one of the first industries that really like revved back up. Um, but if you walk onto a film set, it's exactly the same as it was when COVID was like uh, hitting really hard. Everyone's wearing masks all the time, health checks, temperature checks, really strict testing and like all that stuff. So we're still doing all of those things um, on film sets and zero visitors, like no visitors at all. So we were able to do it because we've had these like really stringent rules. Um, and so we started up, so everything shut down March, 2019. And we started up, um, that September. Yeah. September. Yeah. That is supposed to start in May. So it got Mm -hmm. delayed to September. Yeah. Yeah. but you felt safe and everything was, was all. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I hundred percent. Like people will often say they feel safer on a film set than in like at the mall. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. testing and masking and just like, it's very it's strict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why, what do you think about the show that has, has, that has made it last as long as it has? Well, I think, um, honestly, our showrunner Heather Conkey, who is like, behind the scenes she doesn't really do a lot of publicity but she has had a really strong vision before she did heartland she had um written and worked on a number of shows uh, one of them being a big canadian classic called road to avonlea and she was doing a presentation to the cbc about what makes a good multi-generational show like family show Mm -hmm. and she did this presentation to the cbc about it and they're like oh we have this new show heartland you should show run that but she knew the ingredients you know it's like animals the the relationships the families the music she's a has a music background and so she has a really strong ear for how the music of the show should be she's not the composer but she works with the composers and so i think heather actually our showrunner is one of the reasons um the casting just worked. Uh, sometimes you cast a show and it's just not, just doesn't quite fit. And you see that with shows that go like one season or two seasons. It's like something about the cast just didn't gel. And it doesn't mean that they didn't get along as people. Like maybe they were all best buddies, but something about those characters um, 
And I think it's the animals and the setting. Yeah, I, I, we've talked to Heather. Uh, she came on for an interview a couple of, of years ago, and that was really fun. Yeah, she's very, very creative and such a good writer. She's an amazing person, and she just mm. um, has such a clear vision for what the show is and what it isn't. And people bring her ideas constantly, constantly. What if this? Mm. What if that? What if uh, when they're texting, you can see the image on the screen? What if the music should change and be like this? What about this new character? And she just like knows what fits with the world of the show and what doesn't and is like the editor of all of that Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, one thing that i've always been impressed with with the show is that for especially for a show about like cowboys kind of that i feel like the male characters aren't afraid to be like sensitive and Mm -hmm. kind and you see them taking care of of katie you see them like doing more sort of I don't know what the word, not feminine things, but softer things. And it's just mm-hmm. a, it doesn't have any like toxic masculinity at all, the show. And I just really appreciate that about it. Well, certainly more and more as the seasons went on, that mm-hmm. became more normalized. And, you know, now we have a, an out homosexual character. And mm-hmm. I think the show has, has come a long way in that sense. And I hope that that's true, that we, mm-hmm. we are portraying images of, of, of like men's and women's roles that are non-traditional in some mm-hmm. senses though it, it does portray traditional roles and and like it's I I'm not the writer I would probably make it a little different but I do notice that like Lou and Lisa are the one actually no grandpa makes dinner sometimes no he does do it sometimes but usually mm-hmm. it's the women who are making dinner that is true <laughs> <point> that <laughs> that's true but I do like that Ty and and yeah. Jack I just love cooking and too. Tim all yeah. will take care of Katie totally uh, and their own yeah. kids later you'll see Ty with his own daughter he, he mm-hmm. was like a huge caretaker for her and yeah I like that mm-hmm. I think it's it's good we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon do you love Hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. I'd like to end our, our interviews with some fun, silly questions. And sure. so, all right. First question, what is the best ice cream flavor? Oh, um, anything with a mix of a vanilla and like chocolate chunks or chocolate chips or something like that. Okay. That sounds good. All right. What is your favorite color? Green. Oh, good. Very on brand. Good for a homework. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what music are you into? Um, lately I've been listening to a lot of R and B. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Like new R and B. All right. What is your go-to date night food? Ooh, Italian. Me and my husband pretty much almost always go for Italian. Good. Okay. What is your go-to date night activity back when we can go out and do stuff? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, 
we would always go for dinner and sometimes a movie and sometimes we'd go see a concert because we both really like music. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just went back for my first concert since the uh, pandemic. I saw Mike Buble and that was so fun. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I have I seen music yet? I've, I've done a lot of things. Like I've obviously eaten mm-hmm. dinner, I've been to malls and stuff, but I don't think I've seen live music yet. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, hey, he's a Canadian, so maybe you can get to see. Him. I know he actually he lives in Vancouver, where I live, but I've never yeah, met him. But... Uh, all right, dogs or cats? Both. We have a dog who, or sorry, we have a cat who I love. He's mm-hmm. like a dog, um, but I would love a dog. We just I travel so much for work that it's not in the cards mm-hmm. right now. Do you have a favorite of the horses at Heartland? Yes, I do. Actually, it's um, the 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 horse's real name is copper but he plays harley ty's horse and um i got to ride him this season for the first time and i was like this is amazing i loved riding him and they saw that i could ride him really well like we had a good relationship so they started writing a bunch of riding for luke because they're like oh michelle can ride because me and this horse really got along and and i was like loping around on him cantering around like no problem i loved him that's cool Okay. Beaches or mountains, which you prefer? God, both. That's why I live in Vancouver. We have beaches and mountains, but if I had to choose a beach. Me too. Uh, Even though I live in Utah, I should pick mountains. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 All right. Would you rather rather be a fancy dress or sweats? Oh, sweats. Easy. (laughs) You know, like there is a moment where like, there's something so empowering about wearing a dress and doing your hair and right. Like you just feel like a new person, but certainly prefer the sweats. (laughs) I feel like after quarantine, all, a lot of us are more leaning towards fancy dress. Cause at least that means you're doing something. True. True, But I'm still a sweat because like with work with Heartland, I'm always getting dressed, doing my hair, putting on the tight, tight jeans. So I'm like, give me the sweats. (laughs) Nice. All right. What is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Mm. Christmas. Yeah. Can't beat Christmas. No, <laughs> just the best. Uh, I wish they would do another Christmas movie. Me too. Carlin. I know. I, I, I really enjoyed that one. I'm sure it's, you know, maybe one day. Yeah. It'd be, be fun. Uh, last question. What is your favorite Hallmark or romantic movie? Ooh. Um, Anything with Cindy Busby in it because she's one of my best friends. Mm. She's done many beautiful Hallmark movies. Um, my daughter watched one and we watched it together that I really like called The Christmas Calendar. It came out like three oh, yeah. years ago. And I really like that one. Cool. Yeah, I like that one too. Well, very good. You answered all the questions. <laughs> well, thank you so much you for You must have had Cindy on this show, I imagine. Yes. Uh, we love Cindy so much. Uh, yeah. We actually just had her on it will air this week uh we had her on for a ranking episode where we ranked all of her movies and her hallmark movies and that was really fun yeah she was one of our first uh, like i guess celebrity guests that we had on the on the podcast but as do you have any uh, social media you'd like to share yeah um at michelle morgan underscore great and we'll have that in the description that's on instagram and on twitter Great. We'll have that in the description. Make sure you all follow Michelle. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I really appreciate it. Me too. Nice to talk to you. Take care. <laughs> Take care. Okay, bye. bye. Michelle, for coming on the podcast. It's so much fun to get to talk with her uh, and let us know your questions and your thoughts of things we talked about. I would love 
to hear what you have to say in the comment section or on Twitter. You can follow us at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. And if you are watching YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Appreciate that so much. We also have our merch store, which has Heartland inspired merch. And we have the patron group, which we sure appreciate that support. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Please take a look there and make sure you check out our Talking Heartland on Thursdays. And we will start up again in January, but we've got eight seasons of recaps that you can check out. Uh, so thanks so much, everybody. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye.